For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Hey there, it's Timmy Manor and welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here in 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, it's Benjamin yes, Little. Yes, that's right. Now, Benny, uh, the word family in sport gets tossed around a lot, you know, yeah. especially in league. Everyone's family. Let's go out there and play like a family. Yeah. You know, we're brothers. Yeah. If I'm if I'm being serious, I look back at my career and there's probably only a handful of people I consider like family. Oh. And the one we're going to talk to today is forever, for the rest of my life, I'll consider him like a little brother to me. Yes. He's a special guest this weekend. All right, he was, he's an old teammate of mine and one of the most talented players and most freakish players I've ever seen uh, and had the chance to play alongside. Um, our guest this week, he played 23 games across a four-year career with Parramatta Eagles before joining the Dogs in 2014. And although he's only had a short career, it was certainly a memorable one, and I'm so glad he's our guest tonight. He's got some exciting things on the cards as well. Come on. So let's get him on the show. Big Jacob Loco, thanks for joining us, Lokes. <laughs> Hey, boys. Yes. Thanks for having me. Oh, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. And can you just give us a – just fill us in, man. How are you traveling? How's, uh, how's life treating you? How's COVID? Is it affecting you too much? Um, no, oh, COVID, COVID's COVID, man. I, I'm all right. Uh, I'm doing what I can during the lockdown. So I've, I've just been running and, and, and training, man. It's the only thing keeping me sane. That's that's – you're leading, yeah. into, you're leading into the more point, and to, I was, reckon there's a lot of listeners out there that don't know what you're up to these days. Um, last time oh, I saw yeah. you, you looked unbelievably ripped and fit. Um, can you explain to everyone what you're doing and why you're training? Um, man, I've, I've, I've taken up a bit of boxing. Um, last year, started started a bit of training last year, and I was meant to have a few fights this year. So because of COVID, it um, kind of bit like all fell, fell through. So back end of this, I think, Two more months. Um, hopefully, I'll have a fight up in in Darwin, man. So fingers crossed it doesn't get cancelled as well. But um, no, nah, I'm just training and keeping fit for that. And how are you feeling? Is, is your body feeling good? Yeah, body's body's feeling amazing, man. I I, I love the challenge of um, boxing. You know, it's a whole different sport, and um, the mentality of it, it's very very different uh, to footy training because it all falls on you when you're in the ring. You know. Yeah, what are, what are some of the main differences between the the footy training as a team and then that individual training as a boxer? Um, man, it's not much because I I'm, I get to train in a group like kind of thing, like um, right. the PCYC down in Campbelltown. But everyone kind of pushes um, each other, like same thing as um, as footy. And I, I think I've taken a bit of the footy culture, the training mentality, and um, supporting others around me. Um, into the boxing, so it, no, it's it's good, man. It gets loud in the in the sessions and stuff, so no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just enjoying it. That's awesome, man. I still remember like the early days when you were coming through the Harold Matthews and the junior reps at the Paramount Eels, um, and everyone's talking about this kid to watch out for. Um, yeah, <laughs> how, how did you find it? Like, did you always love rugby league as a kid? Is that something you always wanted to do? Um, I think I loved um, training. I think I loved exercising. Man, before I even played footy, I used to when I was in primary school, I used to go for runs um, before school even started, and and even after school at night. And um, still to this day, I've been I've been doing that stuff. So I think um, footy was um, my outlet as well, where I could put all my energy into because I was a, a real troubled kid. So I was I was a mi- bit of a mischief. So. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, no, that sort of came out when I was in NRL. Like, um, but no, things are good now. <laughs> and did you always know you're gonna like you're gonna make it? Like at a young age, you know that you'd make the NRL, or was it something that you thought would never happen? Um, no, man, I never, I never thought I would, I would make it in the footy. Uh, I just, I just played it, did what I could. I had, uh, I had fun, man, a heap of fun when I was in the junior reps and and all that. And as I, as I grew up, like um, when I hit 15, that's kind of when Haramats come around. Mm. I, I, I think I hit puberty and I, I shot up on top of front of everyone. So, um, no, nah, I, back end of um high school i guess like there was big talks around around me starting like um being in the the um, first grade squad and and all that but i i never really i didn't really think about it i mean i just let let everything like happen the way it did were there any other guns in your age was it was Vi your age group or was he older yeah Vi Vi grew up next to me growing up so yeah man we we did it all together he actually he used to come um i used to drag him along to train with me before school, primary school started, and I was tackling a tree, and he wouldn't uh, <laughs> join in. <laughs> yeah, he didn't too, want to join in on that. Too smart. <laughs> so the listeners listening at home, uh, by by Tortai Benny, he's yeah. uh, he played the uh, you know for a number of years at Parramatta. So um, yeah, these yeah, two coming did. through the grades were you know, always shining lights from the area. Yeah. Um, and and then you obviously both kind of transitioned and, and worked your way up through. Was there any um coaches or mentors along the way that stood out that um you know that, that really helped you in your game oh definitely man i had a few um growing up um having having no father in my life so um footy coaches were my first kind of father figure type of thing you know from under 10s um all the way through till first grade you know um uh, every literally every single one of them helped me out so i'm very grateful for that man was there any standout coaches that um, that really had an impact on you? And um, for those um, ones that did stand out, what what was it that stood out about them? Oh, definitely Mark Horro, um, uh, Justin Hosdog's um, dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was our coach in um, high school, man. And then he, um, man, he had some real guidance about him and how he led the team and brought us together. Like I had that real um, team camaraderie. The the first time I've ever felt that, like playing with um you know your your brothers and, and all that and he 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 showed me that type of um that amnesty man and made me fall in love with footy even more yeah you know you know what i love about mark Horro is it's so easy benny like so mark for those that don't know mark Horro, obviously they know the legend that played the game but he got involved with power matter yeah. and later on with with the panthers where he was like a house dad so like he him and his wife would mm. would take boys in so like guys from out of town in the country or from new zealand They'd come and live in the horror house, Sweet. and they'd they'd yeah. pretty much be your mum and dad in in town. Like they, yeah. they'd help you still have a family environment, and the guy takes it so seriously. Like he takes like he's an a intentional mentor. He's not someone who just yeah. yeah you know what I'm gonna get paid to have people at my house. Sure, come in. Do it. No, he he actually took like note of making sure he turned him into good men. Sweet. And um, to this yeah. day, man, like to this day, he's still someone that is still trying to make a difference in people's lives and trying to make a difference in the community mm. and. Uh, he's, he's a really good story, and you know, so many guys have come through. You know, Jared Haynes, another one that came through that the horror house, and mm. uh, I think Benny Smith spent some time there as well. But um, yeah, he's very well loved. Um, like yeah. so, then you I still remember. Let me tell you the first time I actually remember Loco Benny, and this is um, I know this is a this is a G-rated show, so I'm not going to go into too much <laughs> detail. But I was at I was at a Mad Monday, which is um, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is traditional like 
in tradition in rugby league circles, it's, uh, you know, if you lose on a Sunday, the whole team, they end up going into drinking from Sunday till Monday, and Monday's the Mad Monday. And what's this, 2011? Uh, it's probably, two, no, no, it'd be 2010. Okay. 2010. So the reason I remember that is because it was Nathan Kalis's last year. Ah, uh, sweet. So we're at, um, how old are you in 2010, Lukes? Were you 14? Um, I was 17. <laughs> he was 17, <laughs> right? So he's 17. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, like, I, there was a couple of senior players who had a, had a bit to drink, and um, I remember Loco wrestling Nathan Kalis yeah. and just manhandling him. Oh, like, man. I mean, like, just throwing him out of the room. It was just like, <laughs> I, I didn't really know this kid. Like, obviously, we knew of him. Like, we'd seen him come through, but we hadn't spent much time with him. And... You know, Heine didn't like it. So Nathan Heinemarsh, he kind of gets his chest. He was like, no, no young kid's going to come and wrestle my mate and dominate him. So then Heine kind of tries to have a go at Lokes. And I <laughs> promise you, this he, Loco grabbed him by his shirt, lifted him off the ground by his shirt and slammed him on a, on a pool table. And I was like, yeah, oh. Good. And, mate, fast forward six months later, the guy's playing in the NRL. So it was like, <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I was seeing you. Um, you're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then you had your off-season. Inu actually gra- dragged me along to that. <laughs> who, who dragged you? Inu? Uh, Chris yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh. So anyway, so you end up a couple of weeks later, or about two months after that, you'd be training with us in the NRL squad. Um, How did you find that, like going from you know a kid playing junior footy to actually training alongside you know, NRL players and, and experiencing? And from memory, so 2010, that means you'd have been Steve Kearney's first year, is that right? Um, yeah, 2011 yeah. was my first year. So you couldn't, yeah. have, you could not have picked a worse preseason and. This is not a mock and Steve because he's a champion guy and a champion coach. Yeah, but what he did that year was he came to this, co- this club and just brought his Melbourne mentality and it was ruthless. Like we're talking, we trained their house down and <laughs> yeah, army camps, like like you hear stories of yeah. army camps. We experienced one of, the, one of the hardest army camps you can ever oh, experience. Wow. So for a yeah. kid that's never trained in the NRL, <laughs> for your ex- yeah. first experience, yeah. like my first experience was with Michael Hagen where it was just a piece of cake. Like it was, it was, Easier. It was harder doing under twenty training than NRL training back then. But like, yeah. you come in and you got thrust into one of the, the most difficult, grueling processes with you know you can go through. How did you find the, the step up? Um, man, I think I think that's where my I never had an injury leading up towards um foot like in footy leading up towards that preseason, and I started getting um man bad knee pains like I had telecendinitis, I had um, meniscus like um. Um, problems um, just because of the running loads all of a sudden you know coming out of high school and and all that and I've, I've always been active but man nothing nothing like that like being so young and um and and doing all those those things man it was um it, it took it it definitely took its toll and I think that's where I got um started to um get all my injuries after that mm. that preseason yeah I still, I still get cold sweats thinking about that summer, Benny. <laughs> yeah, bro. It, it was rough. It was, I remember I was, I'd have been about uh, 23, 24, 23, I think. And I was, I was still yeah. young. And I remember thinking, I do, like, I'll wake up in the morning in the off-season and think, I don't know how I'm going to get through today. Like, my body's broken. Yeah. And there was not many, like, easy days. That easy day involved, like, an hour of wrestling, which was one of the hardest sessions in the, in the week. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, that they was just the mentally day, yeah. broke you. Like, just, yeah. they, they broke you. But... Um, like so you ended up making your debut in round five of that year, though. Um, yeah. It was against Melbourne. We ended up, we ended up losing that game, I think. Um, but do you remember what were your mm. memories of that game? What do you remember? Oh, I remember my mum's voice from the grandstand <laughs> out of all the people. 
it was a packed crowd too, and I could hear her voice. But, um, nah, I oh yeah, I just remember getting um, man, that Melbourne, eh? They're they're a top side, and but I, I just I I think um, playing that year, I never really found my feet because that preseason really my body changed a lot. I went from um, you know being a fit, healthy, like I could carry a hundred and eight, you know, being in high school. And then I dropped all the way down to 98 um, for that season. And I was real light, so I, I didn't know how to really play in it, play with that weight and, yeah. and being in um, first grade as well. So, um, yeah, that, that really – I think that was a, a very hard um, year for me to cope with and, and um, having all those cramps. I used to get cramps every game, and yeah. I, I never used to get cramps. Like, it was just – yeah, it was a shocking – Shocking year on my body. Um, I put my body through, man, at, at a young age. Yeah, it's yeah. funny that you mentioned your weight. Is that um, like that's that's been that's one thing that we don't really talk about with athletes. So obviously, everyone thinks, oh, they're a good player and they should just be able to play great no matter what their weight is. But you mm. you try telling you know an average Joe Blow that okay, you got to lose 12, 13 kilos and still do the exact same thing you're doing when you're twelve. It's going to change. Sure, yeah. you might be light on your feet. You might be able to last longer, but then you lose that power and dynamic that made you yep, so yep. dominant to start with. So it's um it's a big change. And, and to do it in such a short it amount is. of time, it's hard for someone to adapt to that. Um, did yep. you, when you were going into games, like as a youngster, what was, what was your pregame like? Were you nervous? Were you um, confident? Were you excited? What kind of like, what are you like before games? Man, I, um, I, I, I was in high school. I, I used to just... I, I, it was like nothing. Like um, I'd behave and whatever, eat sensibly, I hydrate and um, and all that. When I was playing footy up through to high school, but when I made um, when I was playing that year in first grade, I had to find ways around how to you know treat my body before a game because I, I was getting these bad cramps, these tendonitis. So I was getting given magnesium tablets, and that they didn't really help. So. It was, um, I had to find these um, sodium satchels um, from Gatorade used to make them. So I used to like pound six of them in like in a Gatorade bottle before a game yeah. just to like stop my cramping. But then I'd have a dry mouth the whole game playing <laughs> because I was so dehydrated. Uh, it was, yeah, it was rough. How did you go mentally being so young under that much pressure and also add on just the expectations of coming through with so much success in juniors. How did you go mentally with all that? Um, man, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, when I got injured, I, it, um, things started to come up um, that I thought I, I, I didn't have. Like, I guess the pressure and all that, like you're saying, um, like that come out. And I think I um, kind of went the other way with drinking and, and stuff when um when I got injured, so mm. I didn't. I thought I was fine up until like I got injured, and then when I got injured, I did my ACL. I thought I was like, oh okay, this is a little break I get. Like you know, like I get to kick my feet up, and then all of a sudden I found myself drinking like, and that, I never used to drink like that or anything. Yeah. You know? That's a, that's yeah. the other thing, Benning. So like when you're when you're in junior footy and you, and you get injured, it's it's frustrating. But you know, I'm, I'm out for a few weeks. I'll be I'll come back. Mm. When you're a professional player, there's there's that unspoken like pressure that's on you as well. So when you're injured, you actually feel it. Like one, you feel, um, you know, like you're out of the circle. So everyone, all the whole team's doing something, and you feel excluded. You're on your own yeah. in your own training. Mm. So mentally, you already feel like you know you're you're isolated. isolated from everyone. And then on top of that, there's mm. that pressure that comes of, um, you know, 
I want to keep my spot. Someone's going to take my spot. I hope they don't play much better than me. Um, yeah. You know, I'm getting paid well. People film my show because I'm on money and now I'm not playing, so I'm, I'm getting useless to them. So there's all these other pressures that you don't mm. really think of. Like, you don't actually put much energy thinking about it, but they're there in the background, so it's kind yeah. of weighing in on you. Mm. And then for a young kid, they find, like, a an escape, and, and then unfortunately that it's hard to control because, like, oh, this feels nice. It's, you know, I'm out of that thinking bubble where I'm not just focusing on mm. all the pressure. Um, you touched on your, your drinking, Lokes. How did, you, how did you find you kind of slipped into that kind of hole? Um, uh, I don't know, man. Like you said, that circle with um, the team playing, you're, you're on your own, yeah. training, um, rehab. And I was in rehab for a long time, man. Like, I, was, I, was getting, I was having preseason throughout the year, you know, like um, yeah. training type. And um, um, with, with the drinking, uh, I felt like I was... I wasn't in the circle anymore, so my weekends were different now. I'd go and train in the mornings, and then the rest of the day I'd have to myself. And yep. then mates would call up, and you know I'd, I'd go for one drink, and then all of a sudden I I found myself um yeah abusing it. So yeah, how'd you go yeah. with, with with getting out of that? Like you you probably like identified it and thought oh you know got to do something about this. How did you oh, how did you kind of crawl out of it? Man, just like any addiction, it's it's a long process. Eh? Yeah. Like, um, I never, I never was able to handle, um, control it. Like throughout the rest of my NRL career, even even after me, and like took me a couple of years, and I'd have to go cold turkey at times, and then I find, and then I'd have a drink, and then I wouldn't be able to control it again, so I'd go cold turkey again. Mm. So it's just like this uphill battle with it, man. Like I never have urges to drink every day. It's just when I have a drink in my hand, it's yeah. it doesn't go down until you know a couple of days. So mm, yeah, yeah. You know, you spoke about your mum before being loud, but your mum was always you know really she's she's very passionate about her faith and you know she's really into church. Mm. How did you find you know obviously you know her expectations and her thoughts? Like how did you how did you find working with her and and what she thought you should and shouldn't do? Oh, she was she's mum's mum's always been she's she's always been cool man like um she yeah. she let me do what i want you know like yeah. um with picking a sport growing up and um she was strict and 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 all that but um she let me like you know choose make my own choices decisions like she she told me to pull my head in like at times when i was getting in trouble and all that but um no nah, mum's got a strong faith she's always um she's still to this day praying praying for me and and um always checking in on me but um mum's mum man she's cool you know it to me she she's loves cooking for everyone she's the so, best yeah and what was it like for you growing yeah. up in a house with that kind of faith and, and with that emphasis on um what she believes oh it was beautiful man it yeah. masked um the fact that we didn't have you know a father so and that we grew up real poor so like um we were it was we saw everything as a blessing like whenever we'd have visits or people family would come over bring food or mm. you know um the little things man that um that that happened when we grew up we appreciated it more so like um leading up to the nrl and all that and having all the nrl stuff that's where um mm. that's what what like i don't get where i ended up you know um going all of that away but yeah yeah was there what, what place did your faith have in in anchoring you th- through those through those tough times. Oh, I was I wasn't um, I wasn't real churchy like um, as as churchy as like you know 
my faith and all that as as mum. But I, I always um I, I never really looked to to anything um to try and get myself out of trouble. Like or if I found myself in a dark place, I, I just I I'd, I'd actually like just turn to drinking or yeah or just go sober and um try fighting the demons like on my own in my head like as I'm as I train you know or mm. eat healthy and try and replace it with those those kind of things read read books and stuff yeah yeah I remember, I still remember the day you did your knee at um Paris Stadium um down that sideline mm. and it was mm. just it was a weird it was an eerie feeling being because like this kid come on the scene and mm. just blitzed everyone just like for a young kid to come in and just make a mockery of these senior players now was he faster than Jared Tell me that. Um, he nah. was, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, he was he was fast, but he was, he was big. He was, was big. Fast. He was just yeah. just big and fast. He's, what he was doing in the NRL was I still remember these visions of him just like just palming, like just throwing them around. Mm. Um, but then when he went down, you could just see the whole stadium just go real quiet. Uh, what was going through your head at that time, Lakes? Oh man, I don't know. I never felt that pain before, but I didn't know anything about injuries, so. When I went down, I thought it was gonna, I was gonna be back training, you know, like um, the following day. But um, when they told me it was an ACL, had the Rico and all that, and then um, I guess, I guess it was a relief having time off a bit. Mm. Um, thinking about having time off, giving my body a rest. But then I ended up doing my ACL again um, a couple of months later in the next preseason. Um, in during training, um, that's right. Yeah, you were boxing, weren't you? Then, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I wasn't wearing my leg brace, but we were just doing pub work and all that. And when I got my leg um, caught like on Hainsey's foot, like as I was moving back, and and um, I just ended up in an awkward position. It was just unfortunate, man. Yeah, yeah. I, me- I remember during that time you you had some um, you had some in- incidents with the club and. Um, yeah, I think you were maybe late for training one day or you know, mm. a few times you didn't turn up and I still remember the conversation yeah. with Steve Kearney in his office and Steve was they were, they, were gonna, they were about to get rid of him they said he's done he's, he's, he's on his way out he's had three, mm. three warnings I just begged him I said let this guy like, let me live with him for a bit and, then, and honestly yeah. I, I know it was only a few months Benny but getting to live with Lokes for a couple of months was actually one of some of my favourite times like, he was so like all the stories that you hear about how, how loose he was, you were actually one of the best guys to live with, man. Like, I, I really enjoyed that time. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, but after that, I think, so it was only a few months after all, after everything that happened with your second injury, you ended up signing with the dogs. Is that right? Yeah, I ended up... Um, so, yeah, my I ended up coming back to 2013, playing that year. I was I was comfortable that year, man. I was playing well. And then um, I, I, get, I started getting patella tendonitis again. So the doc and um, the physio had pressure from Ricky Stewart to, to to play me, so they kept jabbing me with cortisone, and um, that actually made my knee worse. So when I got tackled down the sideline and my knee hit the ground, it wasn't um, it wasn't contracting or anything because the cortisone made it um, it just numbs it the the ligament. So my knee kneecap hit the ground and and it just dislocated and went to the side of my leg. So that was against Manly, and um, that um, I remember Elkie come on the field, the trainer at the time, and he just popped my knee back in, and I come off, and it was a complete tear of um, the patella, and then I ended up having to get surgery on that, and then a couple days go past, and I was getting, I was in a lot of pain, so I went back to the specialist, 
because um, the painkillers weren't working. They told me I had cold and staph um, infection. So I was in hospital for another couple of months and then I had a few more operations on it to clean it out. And um, I was I was hearing like that, that um, I, I'd find it hard to play free again, ever again, and um, even let alone just walk normal. So, and and I was I was 20 at the time when that that happened. I was 21 that year, you know. And you're only 21. Oh, gee, you, yeah. You were, I felt like you were around for ages by that stage. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was only I was only 20, 21 that year, and then um, man, I I I, I finished off from the hospital, and even hearing all that stuff, like. Um, I don't know how it, it must've hit me subconsciously, man. Cause, um, I don't remember being too fussed over it, but you know, those things that settle in the back of your head and, and, and sometimes it gets to you out of nowhere, like a bit of anxiety or something like that. Yeah. And, um, with even, and then thinking about doing all the training, restarting all over again, get my legs like, you know, bigger. Cause I even, um, I even had dead muscle in um, my leg, um, oh, my ITB because of, um, the infection. Yeah, that's right. You got and, you got a really um, bad staph infection as well, didn't you? Yeah, and then um, was um training my way back up. I was I was doing well. I was I was getting you know I was making some progress. Um, strengthen strengthen the leg, but it was so painful, man. Some days I wouldn't be able to get out of bed because of how how sore the knee was. But um, I just I just kept pushing, kept pushing. I was making making a lot of progress, and then and then I'd fall, and then I get. 20 steps back where I was drinking, like I'd have a drink and then go on the training the next day and like the trainer would smell the alcohol and then that's when Brad Arthur and I like ha- um, had a talk about it and and um, we organised me to um, transfer to Bulldogs after that, but, um, that um, decision that, that that was made because of that. But that no one, no one knew about that. that no one knew that was the reason why I left yeah. the time with Dogs just because but then I went to dogs and I still hadn't handled my drinking, you know, and, and I was doing all the training there and, and um, getting fit there and, and um, pushing through the knee pain, like getting it used to to all the training load because it felt like a brand new like knee, like that was just it's never been put under any stress before, like that. Yeah, it was just that painful. Yeah, but um, I I managed to get back and then I play. I was playing reserve few reserve games. And I was doing really well, man. And um, but I, but then again, and then I'd find myself um, getting in trouble again. Like it was just a cycle, man. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating to hear that though, because you know we're obviously hearing about how much energy clubs put into you in terms of rehabbing your body, mm. getting you back on track to get back out there like a like a car, you know, trying to like change the parts, yep. getting back out there, but. Yeah, yeah. Was there much, and be as honest as you like, but was there much energy on trying to rehabilitate you know, your men, your mental side and and you know the issues that you were struggling with off the field? Um, yeah, no, they um they did. They had a counselor. Bulldogs gave me a counselor. Yeah, and she um she wasn't a um psychiatrist, a psychologist or anything. Um, she she was just a counselor, you know. And um, I don't think that really helped me too much, but. Um, it was, it was good to talk to someone here and there, but I wasn't ready to, it's just, it's just one of those things. You can't help someone if they're not ready to, you know, um, admit that they have a problem or anything like that. Like, yeah. Well, but, um, talking about not ready and, you know, you obviously weren't ready for a, for a missus for a long time, but Chanel comes around now and you talk about, um, you know, 
some, somebody that can help you get on track. Um, how's that? How did that come about? And, and have you found a relationship has helped your life? Oh man, a heap. Eh? They, um, it's just been unbelievable being with her, man. She's um, she's she's a, she's a She's like um, like an angel, man. I just <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. She comes from a good family. Mums, um, they're all very, you know, their their faith is strong in in um in the church as well, and they have family gatherings. And they all they all treat each other like you know like king and queens, man. It's how a family should be, and she she brings that to um to my life as well. And um, she's so gentle, like you know, soft spoken, and and um, I it just makes me want to be a better person. So yeah, she's um she's she's a she's a good lady, man. That's awesome, man. That's so good. You know, Benny, you know what yeah. I love about this? It's, it just shows you how important the family unit is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just, mm. you know, for a society these days that enjoy attacking the family unit and saying it's not important, you know, the family unit isn't mm. important. And you, I think the family unit is one of the things the society's got to fight for the most because mm. like, like Lokes has said, he wanted to be a better person just by being around a family unit and by seeing the love they had for yeah. each other. I think... That love they had for each other, that's that's how I think we're designed to live. We're designed to live in a culture and a society where, yep. you know, you have your family and you love each other and you show that love to other people mm. and you bring them in. And I think that, you know, we've got to be careful as a culture we don't lose that because that's um, something that has helped change so many lives for the better. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely, man. How old were you? Uh, how did you guys meet, you and your, your missus? Uh, she was friends with um, my sister and I, I knew her for a bit. Um, Oh, like, hanging out with the sister. So we started talking through that and, and um no nah, man, we we were inseparable from start to start to now. Yeah, yeah, cool. Any any mishaps, mate? Like any 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 uh, dates gone wrong that you can kind of fill us in on? Um I don't know. No, we've been we always have fun. Literally laughs at anything, so <laughs> it's so do you. If you see my head, which which you have, he looks at me and just starts giggling. Oh, I saw you do a post a couple of weeks ago, and it was just like your head in a photo, and it was just priceless. It was yeah. be- beautiful. Yeah, you need to have a crack on radio, mate. You might do better. Yeah, come on, come on radio with me. That's that's for people that don't have good heads look good on radio. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're uh, killing this interview. So <laughs> he's killing yeah. it. He's a natural, isn't he? He's yeah. a natural. And what about um? You know, I know you had some really good guys in your life as well. And I, I, for some reason, I'm, just right now, Rennie's popping up. But did you have people like Rennie or people in your life that helped you throughout your career that um you know, made you a better player or helped you in your career at all? Man, Rennie was he was he was a sick dude, man. And, and like yourself too, Timmy. Like when I stayed with you and and um no nah, you. You got everyone had a different impact on me, you know. Like yeah. Rennie was um the cool, <laughs> he was yeah. like the cool uncle. Like I got to got to chill with you, were the the responsible one, responsible one. But took me out on mad feeds and yeah, uh, it was um yeah we had I had good times with like every single Actually, one of these players. And speaking of feeds, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just remembering a night. So Benny, when he lived with me, right? Talk to me. He used to do yeah, 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 yeah. Mango, noodle, mango noodles. Yeah, he'd eat four of them as a snack, just as a Four packets. Just put yeah. them away like nothing. Anyway, one night we, um, I just go, you know what, let's go get a feed at Hurricanes. Sorry, what kind of noodles Hurricane. were they called? Just Is it, is it Mingreen? Is yeah, it Ming- no, not even close. Mingreen? Yeah, What's it say? How does that look? 
Migraine noodle. Migraine. Is that, is that funny? Yeah, bro. <laughs> but, oh, Every, sorry. I, I couldn't let it go. Well, mate. I couldn't let it go. You couldn't let the rock go. I don't, I don't eat I'm carbs. I'm not letting that go. I don't eat carbs, man. Look at this body. I haven't had a carb since 93. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so speaking of our protein, we go to Hurricanes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Lokes, I don't know, he's probably 19 at the time. And uh, we order one full rack of ribs each. And if you go to Hurricanes, the racks are like pork like that. They're massive. One of those each, and then we get a steak each as well. So we've got two main meals. Yeah, we get a steak each. We're hardly filling the table. Yeah. And I reckon they last on our table for about seven minutes, eh? <laughs> they were gone yeah. very quickly. I'll never, oh, Timmy, I'll never forget when um, a family walked past and the mother, she was like, oh my God. And she was like grabbing the family <laughs> and like pointing at us, like the table. Like, <laughs> like we were pigs. Like, like at a zoo. Like, look at, look at these animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Everyone was staring at us, eh? Because the food just kept coming out, and like we're just like sitting there, just like forking each hand, like, oh man. What a romantic night. All right, all right, Lakes. Yeah, we're at the time of the show that everyone tunes in for. This is the the money maker of of, uh, the spirit of sport. The analytics just spiked. It is. It is time for the sixty second blitz. With Blitz. With Blitz, that's right. We're going to take 60 oh. seconds aside here, Jake, and I'm just going to hit you with a few questions and you just got to respond. The first oh, thing that no. comes to your head, okay? You, you, sound, right. you sound keen. Yeah, he's ready. He's ready. All right. yeah, no, I don't know. I'm going to go. I'll start with some easy <laughs> ones. Um, so if you could meet anyone in the world, who, who, would, who would it be and why? Ah, oh, man. Um, Usain Bolt. I think he's oh, just, nice. I think he's... Yeah, I think he's just so inspirational, man. And I've seen all of these docos and how he's um, treated each race and the, the things he's put himself through, you know, to be to be the GOAT. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. Now, now, listen, you have a rough day at work. You have a blow up with the missus. What's your comfort food of choice? Oh, comfort. Like Timmy was saying, migraine noodles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I was actually thinking, like, just before you guys called, I was like, Farah, should I make bigger in noodles? They're so good. They're so good. They're banned in my yeah, house. Yeah, Benny. You they've got gluten in them. Like, I, I don't know. You might not have seen Logo with that shirt on, but it is ridiculously unfair <laughs> it's not to fair. eat what he does and look like that. And, yeah. and for you and I, the elite athletes that well, we I'll are. speak for yourself, mate. <laughs> but you and I... <laughs> To look at food and look like this, yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not fair. God's having a laugh at us. Yeah, you can't teach that. Just Continue. Quite... I think it's and genetics, bro. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that. I thought I was a 116, but apparently I'm not. All right, mate, what's the best, what's the best investment you ever made? Um, best investment for, I can't say too much. Um, I guess, Sessional. Sessional. I've got, it's me well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's giving you a tip, bro. I'm just gonna, she's going to be listening oh, yeah. to this. Chanel, was it? Is that what it is? I think it yeah, was. Chanel, Chanel. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it just got like the, we lost reception there, but I think he, that's, I could hear him through the line. Yeah. said Chanel, that's what he said. <laughs> All right, mate. Um, worst date you ever went on? Um, don't say Chanel, don't say Chanel. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, bro, i got the funniest story. Yeah, I'll go, go. <laughs> This was before I met Chanel, so my mate calls me up. He's, he's from he's from Bankstown, bro, and he's like the area. He's Lebanese and everything, bro. LGA, so he's got, shout he's out. Got these two girls, and, and um, he wants to, he wants me to come on a double date because um, the girl he's seen, like her friend, won't, um, wants to go and like third yep. girl. Yep. And they asked for a friend, and so I just went anyway, and um, we're sitting at the table, we're ordering food, and um, 
cars, you know, cars in Bankstown, they're just like <laughs> up and down the street, like, man, just the, <laughs> the exhaust and like the sound is so loud. Hectic cars. Um, yeah, bro. And the girl that the third wheeling chick, she was like, oh, that's fully sick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh sounds like a special oh, one. Bro. Yeah, and then I, I just like melted in my chair and like into a puddle. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Oh, and the rest is history. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Now, um, uh, is is there something? Is there a pet peeve you have? Just something that irritates you? It gets under your skin. Ah, uh, pet peeve. People eating with their mouth open. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Good one. Right. Fijians are the worst for it, bro. Some of my cousins. <laughs> some of my cousins, bro, sound like cows, man. Right. Oh. Oh. Fooey, moi, moi. Oh. <laughs> oh. Preach it. Preach it. All right, mate. Do, <laughs> do, you, do you have a weird habit that no one would know? Oh, weird habit. We, we, um, we get all kinds of... Lokes is very quirky. There's, there's a lot of things out here that are different. Yeah. Have you yeah. picked up any of his habits? Have you seen any his quirky, habits? Or just quirky um, mannerisms, maybe? Um, you live with him for uh, a while. He does really good, like, voices and impersonations. <laughs> does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I've got, I've got um, good habits, but... Yeah, that's um, good. All right, mate. Last one. Know, probably playing tricks on people. Last one. I'll put you out of your misery. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. On that, like, be, be, best trick you ever played on anyone? I love oh, these. bro, I just love, I love scaring my little cousins. Me, <laughs> I, I don't know, but just tricks like that, eh? Mate, I've got, like, got three boys, and they're constantly just hiding around corners, just trying to get me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is my house. Yeah, and I'm jabbing them in the, yeah, the face yeah, bikes. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, no. Sorry. Speaking, speaking, of, Actually, speaking of boys, it. how's Wesley? Yeah. How's Wesley? Yeah, Wesley's good, man. He's huge. He's the same to me. He's like, um, he's almost six foot, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, bro. Okay, he's so like, um, for, he's for listeners at home, this this kid has got the best genetics you can get in the game. So, his father is Penny Terrapo, and his mother is Loco's sister. So he's got Loco and Terrapo genes. This kid, from That's the second, from the second, he pretty much was born, and the next week is running around at training. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his hands are almost the same size as mine, man. Oh, get out. I'm going to send me a photo after this. Go send me a photo. I need to see what he looks like. I'll send you a photo, and um, I bought the kids, uh, there's four kids, right? Yeah. Um, Vanessa kids, because yeah. I was babysitting. I bought them a family feast from KFC. Yeah. The, the food comes, and like they're eating and stuff. I thought they were going to have one piece each. Bro, they finished the whole thing, and they didn't even take <laughs> <laughs> Tell Wesley me, has, uh, like, most of the chicken. Oh, good. Where, is he, tell me they haven't cut his hair yet. They cut it or is it still long? Yeah, they cut it, bro. They ah. cut it. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, yeah. we, we don't have long left, but I just want to talk about your, like, I don't this interview by no means is it talking about the past because there's so much ahead of you. Oh, yeah. You know, like, it's, um, I'm yeah, so excited definitely. about your future, yeah. but I'm so excited about where you are now and uh, your, your boxing yeah. career. So what does it look like next? What's your next move in terms of your career? Um, boxing, I'm, it's not even a... Um, thing I'm, I'm looking at, at being a career man it's something um, I'm just doing you know because I, I love the the fun of it um, and the challenges that come with it so whatever happens happens for me man I'm, I'm just taking each day like it comes um, right now hopefully that fight happens in Darwin and then um, just go from there just keep keep sparring and um, I've sparred Sonny Bill and and, um, and Gallon um, so far so I've been I've been thrown into some uh, some heavyweights there, man. So how good's I'm that? Just, I'm just going Very with nice. the flow, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going with the flow. I'm loving it. 
And what about, what about other plans future-wise? Kids on the on the cards. What's uh, what's the future hold for Lokes? Oh, definitely, bro. I gotta I gotta pop the questions first, bro. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Warm that Chanel's knee up, bro. Warm Chanel's that knee up. Yeah, Chanel's grandmother. She's had she had thirteen kids, bro. So she's got like over thirty first cousins. Bro. It's ridiculous how much is in her family. So I'm just weighing up um, how many people I'm um, inviting to the wedding. <laughs> I didn't know Chanel's uh, <laughs> half Tongan. <laughs> no, 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 like Lebanese, that village, bro, like old school, you know? Yeah, so, nice. Man. Crazy. Oh, bro, honestly, <laughs> and honestly, I know we said this at the start of the show, but, and I'm not just saying this because you're on air with us, but you have a very special place in my heart, but you're also somebody that doesn't matter who meets you, like, it doesn't matter if they meet you for three seconds, as soon as you meet someone, they walk away, like, so impressed with you. You just got that kind of personality and character that just sticks with people. People don't forget you very easy at all. Like, yeah. you're someone that... People love to be around and that uh, you leave a mark on everyone Thank that you, you meet. So we love you so much. Thank you so much for your time, man. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we look forward to Thanks seeing so you in the much. ring soon, bro. Thanks, Uncle Timmy. I really appreciate it, man. No worries. Love you, Lokes. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30 a.m. for a limited time only.